Welcome to the New Nurse Podcast. I'm Nurse Meg. And I'm Nurse M. Hi, everybody. Hey, fam. Um, I should say that I'm sitting right beside my dog, who is one, panting very heavily, and two, um, is hanging out watching the cows in the backyard. So Aww. at any moment like just all hell could break loose basically is what I'm saying <laughs> so if that happens and there's just a moment of pure chaos um just bear with me I will go elsewhere it's fine we'll just say um whenever I like start panting over here because I'm legit actually <laughs> out of breath it's it's Sully not me everybody <laughs> why are you out of breath um well I came I had to put the dogs like if I don't put my dogs in their crate and then put Ruth away you will hear like a petting zoo in the background (laughs) so they're much more unreliable so I had to put them away and then run upstairs and then like everything's just getting tight growing a creature yes like I feel like I need to invest in like a whole new wardrobe of sports bras oh and like spandex shorts like all the things yeah which I'm not going to do but I feel like sometimes I need to Let's talk about you growing a creature for a second, because I'm pretty sure that we haven't had a chance to, like, put that out there Yeah, in How podcast fun. land. Congratulations. Woohoo! Props to all the moms out there, because... It's legit. This is legit stuff. <laughs> if you're listening, go you. Um, and also, I don't know, and you didn't share the announcement via the new nurse right it was only on your personal page um I think I did like just on our story which only lasts for like I don't even know how long they last like 24 hours maybe 12 hours okay pretty sure that we are gonna have to put that back up then for you guys because um tell them how you made your birth announcement yeah so once we found out it was a girl I like got on this fad lately where I call all my girlfriends chick like hey chick um and so I started saying that more and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm growing a chick. So then I got, of course, with it being Easter season when we were announcing to people, um, there were like, I was in PetSmart and there was these like dog, like chicken costumes. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to put my animals in these. So we got Oliver a rooster costume because he's a boy. And then we got Ruth and Harper, the cat and the dog little chick costumes and they hated every minute and everyone was like how do you get them to stay still and I'm like listen here's the trick you put your animals that aren't used to wearing a wardrobe you put them in clothes and then they're just like paralyzed (laughs) because they don't move so then we announced as they were all in their chick and rooster costumes that we're growing a chick and so not only is this like hilarious but Okay, it's funny when it's dogs, but then when you can imagine, like, a cat. Like, cats want no part of these shenanigans ever. 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 And Ruth, like, the expression on Ruth's face, it just made me laugh. Pure so anger. Yeah. Pure no, she anger. Is, she is plotting Emily's demise, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it's so true. She was a loving pet, and now she's like... <laughs> The line was crossed. There was a line and it was crossed. It's so funny. Luckily, I don't think they remember for very long. Thank goodness for pets. We don't deserve them. But However, I feel like if you walk towards Ruth with that chick costume, she would probably run oh, in the other direction. At for this sure. For sure. You're absolutely right. Maybe they're just more forgiving than we give them credit for. Maybe. 
<laughs> or they're more of like food motivated. It could be that too. That too. That too. Um, oh, so, good times. So here's our segue today, Em. You ready? <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> so Em and I decided that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Well, you can't say that very I was going to say that was a tongue twister. Mental Health Awareness Month. <sighs> um, and once you see the image of Ruth, you will be aware that there was like a great need for Ruth's mental health. <laughs> <laughs> We're excited to show you all. Um, anyway, there's some diagnoses that probably could be made. <laughs> um, like, do you ever, you know, want to hurt yourself or others? Like all of those screening questions, like Ruth would right. be like, yes. 100%, oh, yeah. Not she would hurt for sure. Yeah, she would have a one to one for sure. So we decided that with it being Mental Health Awareness Month, like we feel like that's of value any day of the week for sure. But especially now, it just feels even more um, important to sort of like validate mental health and what it means to be able to actually like take care of your mental health and to see that as just as valuable as like physical health, right? Like we're really easy to be like, go take a walk or like, I don't, I don't know, as like, like medical professionals, like you need to lose some weight or like whatever it is, right? You need to eat healthier. But I think sometimes that we're still a little bit dismissive in like the mental health world. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was us basically just wanting to do 20 minutes with you guys saying this is super important. Right. Right. And don't have a stigma about it because I do think there's stigmas associated with it. I mean, I personally think that those stigmas are getting a little bit better because I think that there's like A-listers in Hollywood that have come out like sharing like, oh, I struggled with anxiety. I struggle with like this, that, or the other thing. Here's medicines that I'm on. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that that has really helped to normalize things a little bit. Right. Um, but I still think that sometimes we feel a certain sort of way. Like, no, I'm not going to judge you if you're going to go on meds, but I don't want to go on meds or right. I don't want to need like a therapist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking, Em? Yeah. I even just had a conversation with a friend and we were talking about particular diagnoses and um, whether it's things we struggled with or things we know of people who struggled with. And we both made a conclusion that like even just a simple diagnosis on a past medical history for a patient or I encountered for myself with anxiety um, going through like the OBGYN world, um, I felt that there were certain positions that were jumped to in conversations um, oh, and that I, there was a stigma. And Mm -hmm. you wouldn't ever expect that, especially in, for me in the OBGYN world where you think, oh my goodness, this world should be so used to dealing with hormonal women, right? Like, (laughs) but I I personally felt that that diagnosis on my chart was something that didn't benefit me um, and more so hurt me in regular conversation um, with not, not with everyone, but with certain providers or practitioners or um anything so it's it's sad to think and and i'm sure we have our own biases that we have to constantly reflecting on when giving you know handoff or um just clinical communication about a particular patient and having to really like sort through our own biases of okay this hat they have schizoaffective or they have 
uh, past medical of suicide ideations or whatever it is, you know, I think we can so easily jump to conclusions and um, it's just human nature. I think, you know, we can't fault ourselves, but also to constantly be holding each other accountable and re-reflecting on that um, Mm. to try to like break down those biases and, and build back up fresh starts because that's what everyone like we and everyone deserve right yeah that's good and I think that that also lines up really nicely with narrative medicine yeah because the point of narrative medicine was to stay curious ask questions and be a listener Mm -hmm. and so I think that if we would apply that especially into the space of mental health we might end up learning a thing or two and better being able to like empathize with an individual versus just, like you said, kind of coming to those conclusions uh, yeah. independently yeah. and saying, well, this must be. Actually, I love that you're saying this because Jesus, can I share about my devo- my devotionals this morning? Um, yes, please. Okay. Let me grab my Bibble here. And... <laughs> I'm, wait, have you always said Bibble? Because I also no. say Bibble. And... No, you do? Ah! Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, no, I just said it to be a weirdo. Okay, so I am reading, a, like, through the Bible, sort of in a year, but less legalistic. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> so going through the Old Testament, not easy. I love oh. me the message version. Yes. But today, we're talking about Hannah. Now, if anybody knows about Hannah, she is a woman in the Bible. Okay, listen, like you're not going to get the full like exegetical background of Hannah because I wasn't prepared for this part of the conversation. That's okay. The I didn't know there notes. was going to be a quiz later and I was going to be teaching the class. But <laughs> <laughs> um, what, I, what I did love, so she is um, a wife and her husband has another wife and he is, like so this is in 1 Samuel. Um, his other wife is a great fertile woman so she is just bearing children left and right and being rude and condescending to poor hannah who has having a bout of infertility and has not been able to bear children mm-hmm. and so during fertile myrtle i right exactly so we got fertile myrtle and then we got hannah and during one of these festivals hannah is just overcome not able to eat her husband loves her dearly um, and he's like you know like can you at least eat for me like can you at least your love for me be enough And so she's trying to please him, but she eventually wanders off um, to the, where am I, what am I saying? I want to say tabernacle, but that's not right. Mm, I wish I could help. Uh, Temple. That's what I'm saying. There you go. Temple. TT. And so it says, um, so Hannah ate, then she pulled herself together, slipped away quietly and entered the sanctuary. The priest Eli was on duty at the entrance to God's temple in the customary seat, crushed in soul. Hannah prayed to God and cried and cried inconsolably. Then she made a vow, O God of the angel armies, if you'll take a good hard look at my pain, if you'll quit neglecting me and go into action for me by giving me a son, I'll give him completely, unreservedly to you. I'll set him apart for a life of holy discipline. It so happened that as she continued in prayer before God, Eli was watching her closely. Hannah was praying in her heart silently. Her lips moved, but no sound was heard. Okay, let's just pause for a second. So we just read that she was crushed in soul, crying out inconsolably. Can we please raise your hand if you've ever been in this moment? Because I have mm. been there. Yeah. And it is raw and it is vulnerable. And if you are seeking Jesus, I think that is like 
the healthiest thing that you can be doing in that moment. Mm-hmm. But what did Eli do? Eli jumped to the conclusion that she was drunk. Mm-hmm. He approached her and said, you're drunk. How long do you plan to keep this up? Sober up, woman. And then Hannah goes on to say, like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, like, just brokenhearted. I'm praying out, um, pouring out my heart before God. And all this to say, like, God said to me this morning, I mean, it was just very clear of, like, people will get it wrong about us. Mm-hmm. And we will get it wrong about other people. Yeah. So, like, be a curious, be sensitive, always assume that, like, maybe the way that you think about things or that you're viewing things, like, your perspective is maybe not always 100% accurate. And the only reason that I'm, like, preaching this at all is because I've been on both sides of it. Very yeah, much. right. Um, and I just thought that, like, that biblical reference wasn't one that I had ever heard anybody preach on. Mm-mm. I've never read it before. And so I was just like, wow, holy cow. Like this woman is beautiful and doing the very like most correct thing she could before God. And the priest is literally like, uh, you're drunk. Get out of here. Mm. So good, Meg. I love that. And I think like safe to assume also like, you know, we spoke about assuming the worst out of a diagnosis Mm. but I think like sometimes and we if you listen to our prior podcast with Sam uh Wrecker the amazing yes we love her yes and so she had that friend um you know that struggled during the pandemic of her unit completely switched and she was thrown into something she wasn't comfortable with and totally had a you know a mental health crisis and and hurting during that time and and I think we can assume even from some people that like have look like they have it all together or from the outside we're like oh they're fine or they're acting this way towards me because they just think they're better or whatever it is that we negatively assume because we're either you know stuck in our own rut of something or um feeling inadequate to someone that we assume these things but like safe to say also assume the opposite that not everyone is doing just dandy and perfectly Mm. and so even with that like with Hannah like he you know Eli assumed the worst but yet like not we don't want to assume the worst of people but like not that you're gonna look at someone and say oh they definitely are struggling with depression not that I'm saying do that at all yeah but I'm saying like don't be afraid to ask the questions and take away your assumption of that's like having yourself as a barrier um Mm. and just kind of like I I say this because I personally struggle with this and so I've been trying to be better about just like getting over my own issues that are like causing havoc in relationships but not being afraid to like ask the questions of how they're doing and and go beneath the surface level of conversation Um, because I do think people especially now post um, pandemic need those deeper conversations and need someone to just genuinely care about more than what's up yeah yeah and I think like what would that have what would that bible story have looked like if that priest would have approached Hannah in that space instead Mm-hmm. and said like hey are you okay right what's, what's going on right now I also think that if we are like a lot of us are struggling to the point that I think sometimes you also can feel like I can't take on anybody else's yeah for sure struggles or burdens like I feel bad and so I was actually just talking with a dear friend today um, who was going to be a keynote speaker 
at, she's a professor and is going to be a keynote speaker for graduation. And so we were chit chatting um, and just reminding that like, sometimes though, when you are in the space of really struggling, the wonderful thing is that, especially when we're talking about biblical truth, that doesn't change no matter how we're feeling. And so even if I don't feel like I have anything to give somebody, there's always truth that can be offered. Mm. Because that doesn't come from us. Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't even have to be in that space of like, well, I'm trying to cheer you up and I'm trying to be funny and I'm trying to be sympathetic. Like, it might just be enough to say, I don't really know what's going on and I'm struggling and in a hard space in life too, but I do know that God is with us and we have not been abandoned. We have not been left and I will be praying for you. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's it. Like sometimes it doesn't have to be more than that. Yeah. I really like that point, Meg. I really like that point. And I think that's probably hitting home to more hearts than not, especially um, in our profession right now. Yeah. And, and the post-traumatic um, breakdown of, of any trauma or stress. I think that's a really, really good point. I think, um, especially as to highly sensitive people, Em and I feel like we can't even stink and listen to the news most days or anything like that because it's just so defeating and depleting. And so I would also say, like, are there spaces automatically that you can maybe be aware that it's an active drain for you? Like, we know that the nursing profession is a bit of a drain. Mm-hmm. Um And there's probably not much that we can do about that one. Are there other spaces, though, that maybe you're able to stop the drain? Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And make sure that you're getting filled up as well. So I think a lot of times that we're also really quick to say, like, well, I'm I mean, I I definitely do this and I kick my butt, my own butt every time I say it to myself. But I'm like, I'm so tired. I don't even want to do like devos tonight. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm too tired to go hang out with God. What is that? What is what is that? Right. No, that's not okay, Meg. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that that's coming from God even. Like, I truly just think that that's like a defeating point from Satan, truthfully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I have never spent time with God and walked away and been like, well, that was a waste of space. Like, why did I I do that? Right. Also, like, sometimes, even what we're sharing right now, but like, it doesn't even have, I mean, it doesn't even have to be like what you consider significant. On those nights, sometimes that I'm just really like, I'm exhausted. I have nothing left to give. I'm like, okay, can I just do like a five minute Devo? It doesn't have to be 30 minutes. Right. It can look different in different spaces. And I honestly think that God is okay with that. It's more important to be with God mm-hmm. than it is to say like it has to fit a certain um, like structure. Yeah. Yeah. And same like relationally with what you were talking about mm. with not feeling like you might have the time or space or bandwidth to take on someone else's hurt yeah, um, because either you're just stretched thin or you're dealing with a lot of your own hurt. And I think even just like, gosh, I love the notes section in my phone. Meg knows that. And <laughs> <laughs> like the amount of random notes that I will create, but maybe it's just like texting yourself or making a note in your phone, like, of talking with someone and you're like only really able to give them a minute or two and in a little sliver of your soul and being at that moment. But like, who's to say in a week or two, you won't feel totally rejuvenated. And like, maybe that person still isn't. And like, 
maybe you'll feel it on your heart to check back in. I think that would even mean a lot more because you don't want to be giving of yourself really. Um, you know, you don't want to suck yourself into a situation and then hurt it more than help it. Right. So mm-hmm. I think having the knowledge and wisdom um, and boundaries to like set yourself apart if you don't have it in that specific moment um, and praying that they won't take that personal, but then also like checking back in. I think yeah, that's a big thing. I know like how many times I've felt really um, touched by people putting things in their phone that like I have this coming up and ask for prayer, asking for prayer. And then like they text you the day before or something. And I think um, utilizing our tools that we have in front of us when we feel worn thin um, to work smarter, not harder is, is just a little thing that could go a long way. Mm, I really like that. That's, that's true. There are a lot of good tools out there. And also you're right. I mean, it really doesn't take a lot of time even just to use those tools, even just texting to say like thinking of you. Right. Right. If somebody just texts me like, Hey, thinking of you. Oh, that's just like super sweet. You know what I mean? It doesn't even have to be long, but I think again, sometimes we in the midst of feeling a little bit defeated can very much start to feel like we're in that Island. We're all alone. Mm -hmm. Nobody's even aware that we're drowning. And so to be able to say like, Hey, I thought like, I'm just thinking of you today. You're on my mind. Right. Super sweet. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right. So anything else that you want to say about mental health? No, I think that was a great little tidbit. Yeah. So get yourself a counselor. Mm -hmm. We love those. (laughs) Um, Get yourself a listening ear and don't be, you know, don't be feeling like it's selfish to take care of you. Mm -hmm. I think that we as caregivers often also feel like, we shouldn't be taking, we shouldn't be needing anything. Right. And that's, that's some sort of crazy talk. Cause as Em and I discussed once before, like every car needs gas, right. you have to fill up and nobody, nobody is annoyed or mad at the car when the car starts to run out of gas. Right. You're not like, Oh my gosh, what is wrong with this car? Right. Ew, this car. I'm feeling some sort of way about this car because I have to put gas into it. No, except for the fact that gas is like extremely expensive right now. Right. But like, we just know that that's just normal, right? Like eventually you need to fill up the gas tank. It just happens. Mm -hmm. There's no point in feeling a certain way about that. So I feel like the same way, like, could we, again, just get kind of to a space to say, this is normal. Like I just need to be filled up. I need to rest. I need to let down. I need to disconnect. Like totally fine. Right. Totally normal. Amen. Sister friend. Love it. So guys, we are thinking of you and praying for you. If you need prayer for something specific, Em and I would love to be praying over that and joining um, with you in that space. So drop us a note and we were happy to um, lift that up for you. Yeah. Okay. You guys have a good week. Enjoy your mental health month. Oh, and nurses month. Yay. Nurses week month. I say we claim the whole month. (laughs) I agree. Love it. Thank you, right. y'all. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.